Hello, hello, hello. It's time for another episode of Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian, where we talk about ways you can boost your financial confidence and mental well-being and explore how those two things so often go hand in hand. I'm Bright Dixon, a lifelong student of positive psychology and also a senior purpose advisor here at Trust. And let me welcome my podcast co-host and my buddy, Brian Ford, the head of financial wellness at Truist and an all-around money maestro. Hey, Brian. Hey, Bright. Thank you for that intro. Money maestro, huh? I kind of like it. I might just add it to my business cards right after we get done recording today. I thought you might uh, get a kick out of that. (laughs) Well, speaking of titles, your actual title at Truist, it's pretty cool. Senior Purpose Advisor. Break that down for us. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a little unusual. So the short answer to that question is that I help our teammates and leaders and organizations at Truist define their purpose and put it into action. So another way to say that is that I help people create and discover their why, and that's what can inspire them to live to their full potential. Nice. So, Bright, we've worked together long enough to know firsthand you are pretty dang good at your job. So, friends, let me tell you, we are in good hands for today's episode because we'll be talking all about purpose and even showing you how you can go about creating your own personal purpose statement. And there's nobody better than Bright to walk us through this. She is literally a pro, like for real. She gets paid to do this stuff, guys. I do. And I would do it if I didn't because I, you know, I love this topic. And, you know, let me throw those compliments right back at you, Brian. You're so amazing at empowering people to connect their financial habits to their values and vice versa. And I think that plugs right in to what we're going to talk about around purpose. Sounds like some good old fashioned money and mindset stuff to me. Should we kick this off? Let's make it happen. Now, I can pull up a dictionary or type the word purpose into Google, but I've got a feeling that's not going to get me quite the definition we're looking for, at least not the full meaning of purpose. So, Bright, let's start there. What is it that we're actually talking about today? What is purpose? So, usually when I'm working with folks around purpose, one of the things I like to do to start off is to ask a couple of questions like, what brings you joy? What is something that you're proud of accomplishing? What's the best thing that happened to you today? So the idea with these questions is to get you thinking and like really feeling about the strongest emotions in your life. So joy, pride, gratitude, but also those, you know, not so nice emotions like anger and sorrow, right? So I'll ask people like, what's a loss you've suffered and why was it so meaningful to you? So we get these strong emotions at big milestones, of course, but they're also a part of our everyday lives. So you might feel these emotions at a wedding or a graduation, and you might feel them waiting in line at the post office or on your commute at the end of the workday. Hmm. All right. So if if boredom counts, I've definitely felt some strong emotions while waiting in the line (laughs) at the post office. So where does purpose come into play as we think about these kinds of emotional moments? So what these strong emotions tell us is that something important, something meaningful is going on, right? And this is where purpose kind of enters the equation. 
if meaning is what you take out of life, right, that emotion, purpose is what you put into it. So it's a guide. It's an inspiration for living with meaning. So a quick way to say it is your purpose is your why. I like that. So purpose is what you put into your life. That is good stuff. Way better than anything I would have gotten from a dictionary. Okay. So we know a little bit more about purpose, big picture, but how do you know what your purpose is? So that's a big question. And I think it helps to reframe it. Your personal purpose isn't something that you find by like going out and looking for it. It's not something that's out there. It's something that's in here. You create it by looking inside. And your personal purpose is also like just that. It's personal. It's created by you, about you, and for you. So when you ask this really big question of why am I here, you're really the only one with the power and ability to answer that question. And how you can help spell all of that out for yourself is by writing a personal purpose statement. Oh boy. Why am I here? That's a big question. Yeah. So while I'm contemplating that, tell me more, Bright. How can writing a purpose statement actually help us? When you're living with purpose, you're living intentionally. With your purpose sort of helping to tell you what to do on good days and on bad days. So when you write a personal purpose statement, you're kind of giving yourself like a directive. So that aspect of it has helped me a lot. I'm like anybody else. I've got my insecurities. I'm like a complicated soup of human emotion. And, you know, sometimes I get a little lost and forget what I'm really trying to accomplish. There's a lot of information out there, a lot of stuff that's trying to tell me what to do. But when I go back to my purpose statement, it's reliable, right? It tells me what to do, how to handle something, who I want to be in pretty much any given moment. All right. So for those of us that want to give writing out our personal purpose statement a shot, how do we get started? I work with people in creating their statements all the time, and it can be difficult. So I want to say that sort of from the start, like it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Yeah. It can be easy for some people, but for most people, you're trying to put something really big into something fairly small, and it's hard. So what I try to stress for folks is that there's no such thing as a right or wrong purpose statement. The important thing is that your purpose statement feels right for you. And the feel there is important, right? It doesn't sound right. It doesn't like make sense. It like feels right. Your purpose doesn't come from nowhere, right? It comes from your life experiences, from your joys and your sorrows and your successes and your failures. And that's why it's good to focus on those things that make you feel strong emotions, positive or negative, because it helps you ask yourself, what are the ways in which I'm already living into this, right? It's already present for you. You're not inventing it out of thin air. You've already got it in you and you want to sort of figure out where that light is and follow that little light. And creating a purpose statement is an emotional exercise not really an intellectual one. So our brain's going to be involved, of course, because it's involved with everything. But you want to make sure that you're sort of coming from a place of your true self and sort of where you are and what matters to you. So 
when you read your purpose statement, you want to feel it. So when I read my personal purpose statement, I kind of have like a physical reaction to it. Like I can feel it. Like my heart swells a little bit. Like my, I think my heart rate goes up. Like it's kind of exciting to me. And like, that's what you're going for. Like you want to have a reaction to it. You need to feel something. It needs to make you feel something to feel energized, to feel motivated. Maybe just like a little whiff of anxiety, just like the slightest touch of that's challenging. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. You want to give yourself something to strive for. You want to have that little hmm in there too. And one more tip, Brian. I encourage folks to try, this is hard, but to try to get their statement down to like one sentence. One reason for that is you want to be able to remember it, right? You want to be able to use it, be able to call it up and not have to do it with a document, but just with your mind. You know, back when I was in middle school and elementary school, high school, I don't remember exactly when they taught us, but like the five paragraph essay where it's like thesis, paragraph, 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 conclusion, right? Yep. This is your thesis statement. We're all going to have paragraphs to it, right? But your purpose statement is that thesis statement. It all boils down to sort of that one sentence that you can easily recall. Yeah, I like that. I mean, there's always going to be this stuff behind it that we know personally, but just making it nice and simple. Good stuff. I like where this conversation is going. Okay, so it's called a personal purpose statement. So I get that it's personal. It's for me, Mm -hmm. but I can tell other people about it, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get to choose what you do with it, right? It isn't necessary, but I do recommend that you share that purpose statement with somebody or a few somebodies who you're close to, right? People who know you well and people who are going to be honest with you. They can help you stay accountable and affirm and cheer you on. And when they're cued in to what's most important to you, that can be really clarifying in a way that sort of helps you learn even more about your purpose and yourself. Yeah, I agree with sharing it. So for me, it adds a sense of accountability and there's something about saying it out loud. So Bright, yes, you know, I've gone through the materials that you've created here at Truist and, you know, I've been working on my purpose statement for some time now. And in the spirit of sharing, you cool if I share mine? Yeah, of course. I'd love to hear it. Okay, cool. So I'm still playing around with it. I've fine tuned it. I've shortened it and I keep thinking about it, but okay, so here goes. So my purpose is to strengthen families, increase happiness, nurture faith, inspire greatness. Mm, I love that, Brian. I mean, that makes so much sense from who you are in the world, right? And how I know you. Tell me a little bit more about sort of how you arrived there. Like what, what's behind that? What are the paragraphs? under that thesis? It's taken me some time and quite a bit of reflection, but I started with what brings me joy. And my family has always been at the core of who I am as a son, a brother, a husband, a father, maybe even one day a grandfather. But, uh, you know, these roles, they're important to me. A large part of my success, mental wellness and inner peace come from my family, not just the wonderful family I grew up in, but also the family my wife and I have created. But the research and sociology also back up the idea that the family as the basic unit of society is super important. 
So I definitely want to strengthen my own family, but it goes beyond that. I want to help strengthen other families as well. And as far as the increased happiness bit, really there, I just kind of sat back and asked, you know, that big question that you posed earlier, why am I here? And, you know, when I'm really just with myself and my own thoughts, part of the answer for me centers around being happy. I believe that we're meant to be happy. Not all of the time. In fact, I think our sadness, the sad times and our trials, they can actually bring about a deeper appreciation for the happy times. And it's not just about having fun, although that's a part of it. But for me, it really is that inner peace happiness. I not only want to be happy myself, I want my family to be happy and I want those around me that I have some influence on to be happy as well. In fact, I'll say that this part of my purpose statement is my motivation for this podcast. I genuinely believe that what we discuss on this podcast will help others be more happy. And then the third part is the nurture faith aspect of my purpose. And this, this has a lot to do with my Christian upbringing and my beliefs. I'm confident that a large part of my family's success and happiness come from our faith. So for me, in my family, reading scripture, having faith, going to church, and just having a loving community around us has been a big part of my, my life and my family and our happiness. And I, I want to continue to nurture my own faith. For me, I've learned that it's fragile. So I want to nurture my own faith and point others in that direction, you know, when it makes sense. And then, Bright, finally, you know, we've got that last part in my purpose statement, which is the inspire greatness. And that's the one I'm still tinkering with. I think about dropping it every once in a while. And, you know, I'm like, should it just be, you know, more simple, kind of the first three, you know, strengthen families, increase happiness, nurture faith, like end of story. And every time I think that, there's kind of this nagging in my soul that says, Brian, you know, there's something more there. So I'm not ready to give it up yet, but I'm always thinking about it. Brian, that's awesome. And thank you for sharing that. And I think it brings up a really important point for our listeners to keep in mind, which is this. Your purpose can and should change over time. It is not written in stone. It is not a one-shot deal. It should change because you're going to change, right? We change over our lifetimes as people. That is right and good and as it should be. And there may come a day, right? There may come several days where you want to or need to go back and recalibrate and update your personal purpose statement so that it reflects who you are now and like who you want to be in the future. Okay, Bright, your turn. If you are comfortable sharing it, I would love to hear your purpose. Of course. Yeah. So my purpose is to use care, levity, and imagination to joyfully advocate for individual and systemic courage, integrity, and love. That is fantastic. That is a bright purpose if I've ever heard one. Please repeat that for me one more time so I can kind of grasp it a little yeah, bit more. It's, it's a little bit of a mouthful. It is. Okay. So to use care, levity, and imagination to joyfully advocate for individual and systemic courage, integrity, and love. It's mm, good stuff. So I'm curious, what was your process like for coming up with that? I, I want to hear more about the why, you know, behind your why, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. So it involved a little bit of everything we've been talking about so far, right? So like you, it took me a while to sort of land on it and to feel that feeling in my heart, right? Where I'm like, yep, 
So I started by thinking about the things that move me emotionally. So positive and negative, like what makes me cry in a good way? What makes me cry in a bad way? And I'm a crier. So there were a bunch of things that I wrote down, but I sort of narrowed it down to the ones that felt most powerful because those were the ones that I really wanted to focus on. I'm an analogy girl. So the way that I kind of think about it is like collecting shells at the beach. So when I go to the beach, I'll walk on the beach and collect seashells. And first I'll grab like anything that looks interesting, right? And I'll put it in my pocket or in my bucket or whatever. And before I leave, and I don't take them all, I'll sort through everything that I've collected and some stay. And then the ones that like speak to me for whatever reason come and they're going to get put in like little piles around my home, right? Which is the thing. I've got like piles of rocks and seashells and like bird feathers and all that (laughs) kind of stuff around my house, right? So it's really about like you kind of get everything you need and then you sort out what's really right here. Yes, Bright, I have piles of rocks and seashells too. I'm excited. I just learned that about you. Yeah, We're, same. Yeah, I love it. So one day when my family uh, was walking back to the car after a long day at the coast, my daughter, who was just five, looked up at me and was like, Dad, I think I have some beach in my bum. <laughs> <laughs> and so she also likes to take a little beach home with her. Uh-huh. But okay, look, getting back on track. So, Bright, I mean, what did you do after you narrowed down the list of your strongest emotional seashells? What came next for me, and this is for me, this is my journey. So I started thinking about my character strengths, right? So what's the unique cocktail of me that I bring to the table? And my strengths really are around these three things, care, right? Levity. So humor, being able to lighten a situation and imagination, And usually those are all kind of working together. And for me, the underlying thing behind all of that is curiosity, which is one of my favorite strengths in myself and certainly in other people. Like I think curiosity is one of the most amazing human traits ever. Totally agree, Bright. I've learned that from you. I love that when we're chatting, even with like a guest, you'll say, I'm curious, tell me more about that. And I love that about you. So anyways, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm digging this so far. Keep going. I'm one of those why people, right? I'm like, why, 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 until I can get to the root of it. So it can be a good idea to include your strengths in your purpose statement, because those are the things that you can rely on, right? They're unique to you. They're energizing. And for me, like, they kind of tell me what to do. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do in this situation. And it's like, all right, care, levity, imagination. I'm like, all right, I can work with that. The part I'm still working on in my own purpose statement is the joyful advocacy bit. It's a challenge, but I'm glad about that. So I know how to, like, angrily advocate. I know how to joyfully ignore. But the joyful advocacy is, like, I'm still figuring that out. And the advocacy thing is super important to me. And that comes from my own life experiences and like my emotions. And I really get it from my dad. So my dad worked in the legal system his whole life, which is hard. Right? The legal system yeah. is a hard place to work. Absolutely. And he worked his whole life for people who needed help within a very complicated system and many times very difficult circumstances. So he was a big inspiration for me around that. And having that advocacy piece and the joyful advocacy piece in my statement tells me like, 
I need to speak up. I need to take action and I need to do that with joy. Cause I, you know, in a lot of ways I get better results from that. Yeah. Taking action. I think that's an important part of all this, you know, because without acting on your statement, those words are, well, they're just words. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. So coming up, we're going to talk more about acting on your purpose and share some insights into how money can help you live your personal purpose. That sounds good to me. Catch you in the next segment. Before we go deeper into purpose, let's open up our inbox and answer a listener question. Yes. And a reminder to everyone out there that you can email us directly at askbrightandbrian at truest.com. Send in your money and mindset questions, your success stories, whatever else is on your mind, and maybe we'll talk about it as a topic on a future episode. So, and considering what we've been talking about today, I'd even urge our listeners to consider sharing your personal purpose statement with us. We'd love to hear it. It can help clarify things for you and really inspire other people too. Absolutely. I can tell you that just, you know, talking about my own purpose statement today has made me think about it in a fresh way. Okay. So the question we're going to look at has to do with investing. It seems pretty straightforward on the surface, but I like it because I think it actually ties into what we're already talking about today with regards to purpose. So a listener writes, I've tried searching online, but I'm still not sure I get it. What are target date funds? That's a great question. And I would like to know the answer too. And Brian, you might have to, you know, bring out the purpose connection for me. I'm not sure how those connect. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we should be careful about making investing decisions until we've clearly defined what matters most to us. You know, lasting happiness doesn't come from stacking up giant piles of money, but it's from sticking to what we value. And that means following your unique purpose. Okay. So for target date funds, these are a popular choice for people investing for retirement, typically. Sometimes you'll see them in a 529 plan, saving for college. I'll talk about that in a minute. But typically, it's a retirement thing. And I think I saw something like 75% of investors have at least some of their money in a target date fund. A lot of 401k plans will actually default to investing in a target date fund. That just means if you do nothing, they'll go into a target date fund based on kind of your age and when you want to retire. And you can usually recognize a target date fund from its name, which will include a year like 2040 or 2045, for example. That's the year you're planning to retire, the so-called target date. And the idea is that if you're planning to retire, let's say in 17 years from now, you could put your retirement money into a 2040 target date fund. And so the appeal here is that a target date fund, it automatically rebalances based on your time until retirement. What that means is the holdings in a target date fund, they move away from riskier investments like stocks and into more conservative assets like bonds as you get closer to that target date. And, you know, that's following a, you know, pretty common strategy when it comes to investing for retirement, essentially reducing your risk as you get closer to retirement and have less time in the market. Okay. So the way I'm understanding it with a target date fund is that you can kind of like set it and forget it. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's the idea. 
And, you know, everyone knows I'm a fan of putting our financial decisions on autopilot whenever possible. Target day funds can be a good choice, especially when starting out or just for those folks who aren't really that interested in investing, but still want a disciplined approach. So target day funds can give us a diversified portfolio, which is essential. And it allows us to be relatively hands-off because the fund becomes less risky as we get closer to retirement. But of course, you may not want to be hands-off. You may want more choices in your investments, especially as you grow closer to retirement and get older. You know, you might also collect other assets that complicate your financial picture or change your risk tolerance in a way that could require an approach that's a little more tailored to you individually. And that's just fine. That's part of why it's so important to reflect on your purpose and your particular goals when planning for retirement, because it all depends on your situation, your risk tolerance, your age, and all these other factors that are unique to you. That's why even the most hands-off investors, really, I, I still recommend taking the time to do some research, consult with a financial planner, and ultimately make their own decisions. And, and that's why we should think hard about the things we value when investing for retirement. Yeah. And as, as a newbie investor myself, I also want to let our listeners know that they should definitely go back and find our past episodes about investing. Those have been really helpful for me. Actually, Brian, I got a text from my mom too the other day saying that those are helpful for her, which is so great. She was like, cool. She, yeah, she was very enthusiastic about it. But particularly look for the episode listeners with the great Dr. Daniel Crosby and for another previous episode called Reasons You're Not Investing. So those are great resources for anybody who's sort of trying to beat those investing scaries and, and get into it. Totally. Dr. Crosby had some great tips around investing. I still quote him to this day because of, uh, of him being on our podcast. Definitely go back, check that one out. I think you'll enjoy those. Okay, so we appreciate that question. Thank you. And if you have a topic you want to hear from us discussed on a future episode, please write us to askbrightandbrian at truest.com. Okay, Bright, on with the show. On with the show. Let's get back to that conversation about acting on your purpose. All right, Bright. I have to say that I kind of liked how you were singing as we went out of that last section. That was very unexpected. <laughs> I like it though. Okay, we've gone through the steps of creating a personal purpose statement. So once we've done that, right, how do we make sure that we're taking action and really living by our purpose? So again, like we said earlier, it's great to have a purpose statement. It doesn't really matter if you don't act on it, right? So how do you do that? So one thing is that you want to keep it in front of you. You want to keep it present. So in my case, and I recommend this to others, I do that literally. So my purpose statement is on an index card that sits on my desk at all times. You can save it to your phone. You can stick it on a post-it note, whatever works for you, but keep it present. And one of the things that that helps you do is to have it in your day-to-day. -day. And so one of the things that I do with it is that I'll do a little end-of-day inventory about my purpose and say sort of like, where did I hit it? What was happening okay. that I was like on purpose? I like that. And what was happening where I was off? Because this is not about perfection. This is about purpose. So like you want to make sure that you're 
doing a little inventory about how's it going for you. Maybe not daily, but like, you know, on a regular basis. And that's growth mindset, right? So that's growth mindsetting this bad boy and like finding those opportunities to learn and change. Because there's not going to be that day where I like achieve my purpose and like the angels sing and the sun shines down on me and it's like, you know, now I'm a good person and I've lived into my purpose. Like that's not (laughs) the game here, right? It's a process. It's a growth process and it's a deepening process, right? It takes action. Your purpose doesn't mean anything unless you act on it. Right on. I'm totally in line with that. I think purpose statements and these kinds of visionary ideas about our life, they're important. However, they're just that, meaning they're just a vision or a dream until we fund them. I think one of the ultimate acts of commitment and action on the part of a person or a company or an organization is what they fund. So if if you want to know what an individual or a company stands for, don't always listen to what they say. Look for what they fund and what they actually put their capital behind. And Bright, I love this. This is really getting at the heart of why I love personal finance so much. I mean, we can make a vision or a dream or a purpose, a reality by actually putting money behind it. And in order to do that, we need to live by good financial principles. Yep, totally. And it it kind of makes me think that it's like the money where your mouth is thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like living by your purpose is almost like the alternative to those insecurities, right? It's the alternative to keeping up with the Joneses or like these other sort of mental traps we fall into when we are making money decisions that don't line up with our purpose and what we value. So when you're keeping your purpose top of mind in your actions, in your funding, all of that, things kind of start to fall into place, right? So you kind of have to design your life to meet that purpose. And your purpose tells you how to design your life, right? So your education, your relationships, your money, all of that, you got to put your money where your mouth is and your purpose guides all of it. So purpose is a way that we not only stay true to who we are, but we make real who we want to be. Yes, so true. That is a great statement. Make real who we want to be. Oh, it's brilliant. You also said something else that really resonates with me. What you said about purpose is an alternative to our insecurities. It's brilliant. Because it's so true that our insecurities can get us in trouble with how we spend our money. And our purpose statement is our way to reground ourselves and remind ourselves not only who we are, but who we want to become and how we want to spend our money. So if you think about some of the reasons why we spend money on stuff that we don't really need or want, it so often goes back to those yucky insecurities. But our purpose statement can keep us on track to financially prioritize the things we really do care about. Yeah, and Brian, I know this is something that you talk about all the time. Can you tell us a little more about how money connects to the things and ideas and like dreams that we value? How does that work together? Mm, Yeah, I love that question because I think it gets to the real heart of what we do on this show. I want to flash back for just a second to each of our purpose statements. So Brian, neither one of us 
in our purpose statements include the word money or finance. Right. Yeah. And I think that's significant. So, you know, to be clear, I love money. I wouldn't be doing this otherwise. But when people are like, Brian, why do you love talking about and teaching about money so much? And, you know, why are you such a financial nerd? You know, my first answer to that is I don't really know. It's a little bit ingrained in me and it always has been. But my better, slightly more thought out answer is I love people. I love my family. I love my faith. I want to be happy. And man, if I can just get this money stuff down, everything that I value, everything that I love will be better. And I think of money as simply a means to a much deeper end. And it's, it's not the only means, but it's a big part of it. I value money for what it can do to help me live my purpose and empower the people and things I care about. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it, I think it also shows, Brian, how you can apply your purpose statement to specific domains in your life, right? So whether that's to your family, your career, your marriage, what we're talking about now, you know, your relationship with money. So part of purpose statements is that they're integrated into every aspect of your life, right? So it's it's not just the work statement or, or the leadership or the, you know, relationship. It's all of it together. So you can kind of ask yourself like, okay, like if I were living my purpose in the domain of money, what would I do? And like, what would that mean? And I think probably, Brian, like 99 times out of 100, what I'm going to do and what most people will want to do is stick to those money principles that you talk about all the time, because that's going to build good habits and it's going to allow you to live in integrity with your purpose statement. Yep. And if we live good financial principles, we'll have more money to fund our purpose. But unfortunately, the opposite is also true. If our financial life is out of balance, the important things in our life are going to take a hit. But if you make money decisions with your overall purpose in mind, your money and the things you care most about in life will be in harmony, which in turn will increase your mental well-being. I love it. Brian, I know we could talk about this forever, but we can't. So... Thinking back over everything discussed today, what are some of the ideas that stand out to you? So a couple of things that I'm going to take away. Like one, I love what you just said about harmony, right? And that purpose can help you live in harmony and like have that cohesion, that integrity across all of those domains. It doesn't mean that things are necessarily going to be like easy, right? It's not a it's not a silver bullet, it's not a golden ticket, whatever you want to use, but it's, it helps you be able to make it easier and smoother and like more coherent. Yeah, I like that. Two things come to mind for me. First, I like the idea that when I'm struggling, when I'm not my best self, my purpose statement can ground me and help me get back on track. Second, I believe that in order to fully commit to our purpose, we need to fund it. And the better I manage my finances, the more money I'll have to bring about my vision and dreams. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Money and Mindset. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. And a special thanks to you, Bright, for being such a fantastic guide to all things purpose. Thank you, Brian, for being awesome as always. And thanks to our equally awesome listeners who can drop us a line anytime at askbrightandbrian at truest.com. 
We love to get your comments, questions, and even your own purpose statements. I'll be very excited to read those. And if you like the show, be sure to subscribe, share it with your buddies, or give us a rating or review. We will see you next time. This episode of Money and Mindset with Bright and Brian is brought to you by Truist. Truist.